Thank you. Hi, yep. I say this is the morning podcast with Jacob and Ethan. Sunday this Eve. is hell. for Vontae NYC? Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. All right, we just upload it to there and then post it to, you know, all the DSPs. Yeah. Pretty I mean, simple stuff. Yeah, I got to say, it's like, I had Anchor, I used Anchor a couple years ago because I, like, started and stopped a podcast, and then um, I love it. Like, it's one of those things, like, I know they're probably stealing my data and everything about me, but I freaking love it. Yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, I wish they made it, easier to monetize i mean gotta work for your money right but right it's great i use ads for like the beginning portion of my pod but then i stopped using them just because i'm like i started opening businesses i have people that want to promote certain things so i was getting payment from that you know it was that, that kind of stuff so i was like eh, i'd rather take that than wait <laughs> forever yeah me out some 15 bucks but i mean I, I rock with anchor man i love them they've been holding it down everything is easy to set up um, I just actually, what I was waiting for is I was setting up a pod. I have a pod releasing today, an interview releasing at 10, but I fell asleep on editing last night. So, oh. <laughs> and I woke up and I saw it like, damn it, I got to finish editing this before I get on uh, Breakfast as Hell. So here I am. No, that's good. That's good. Um, so you do your own editing and shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, I, I, I couldn't be bothered to like find people that would be dedicated to edit my pod, listen to me talk for an hour or like, I can't rely on them like. I was like, uh, the frequency that I put my pot out is like bi-weekly on Fridays. Yeah. So it gives me time to edit them if I need to. Like, I don't really need to be on top of it heavily, heavily, because I already have enough content in the stash. And two-week grace period between editing should be easy for anybody, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I just find, I just, I feel like the more, well, one, it just keeps the overhead low. But two, the more skills you have, the more, like, I can justify the whole endeavor to myself. It's like... Look, I'm not just like podcast. I'm also learning the basics of audio production. Like, yeah. So, um, all right. So I guess we'll we'll use that maybe as the intro. But we better tell people who you are. So I'm I'm Jacob Yurok. This is Breakfast to Sell podcast. And on the other end, I've got Devante Wong Wai, uh, um, leader of the uh, Vante NYC podcast. Try to think what else you got. Uh, still do lyrical flexercise. I do, yes. We're on the Cyphers now. We did the series, you know, last year and the year before that. And now we're on Cyphers, so I'm happy about that. Um, and I got a R&B show on the way. Can't give too much details away about that yet. I don't know when this episode is going to drop, um, but I'm pretty sure that the R&B series is going to come way after this. So I don't want to drop too much episode, but for my R&B, I said too much episode, too much info. <laughs> but for my R&B lovers, definitely, definitely, I have something for you guys. I know I've been dealing with a lot of rap and and just talking to people like in the industry, that kind of thing. But for the people that have been asking for an R&B concept show, it's on the way. Okay. So when you say show, I saw it on your profile. Is that like a, a web series, like a concert? Like, what do you mean? So so what the, the idea is, I don't know if you ever watched like MTV Unplugged back in the day when they oh, had yeah. like, yeah. So with this idea is because I'm going to go for, I don't want to say lesser known artists, but I mean, call a spade a spade. We're not going to do their original music just yet. Not for our first season of the show. Yes, I'm already into seasons. <laughs> but for this first season, uh, I, I guess I'm also giving away the information, right? We're going to do a cover series and singers going to come up, choose their favorite two songs. 
and they're going to perform them in a in-house studio with live band, live instrumentalists, um, that kind of concept. And we filmed already some episodes and it's been great. I can't wait to put them out. These singers are picking great songs, by the way. Um, and it's always ultimate good vibe. It's good for the singers, good for instrumentalists. I know bands have been missing that outdoor feel or that performing feel because of the pandemic. So I want to also give them that. Um, and I, I'm seeing big things for it, Jake. Um, like I said, uh, R&B lovers, definitely something that you're going to enjoy when it, when it finally comes out. But that's what I do, man. I podcast, work with rappers and work with singers. And I just, you know, just dabble in the fields and see where it leads me. Yeah, I don't know how you keep it all straight. You got, and then you've got the freaking uh, health products line too, right? Yeah. So right now I got essentials from Earth, which is like uh, it's not really health. It's like it's more of like beauty, I guess. I mean, you have you have soaps, we have body butters to keep you from being ashy. We have uh, smell goods, which are like the equivalents of the colognes, which are body oils. Um, we have all different type of fragrances there. I just launched burning oils, which is like the equivalent to candles. Um, so that's pretty cool too. That's like that. That stuff kind of fuels Mama passion, like, and it, it kind of funds it. Like, so for the funds that I lack from like a nine to five or from bookings, my business makes sure it handles me in the back end. Okay, so that that uh, that line of beauty products actually like brings in some revenue. Yeah, definitely. That's why I always like if you watch like um, like the ciphers now, or if you look at the pod description, I always make sure that I say that it's sponsored by Essentials from Earth because literally, it is sponsored. <laughs> Like, I wouldn't be able to yeah. do it. Some of those funds weren't coming in. So I'm, I'm definitely grateful for Dang. that. Shout out to my dad, too, because that's his that's his business, really. Uh, was okay. In store. And, you know, with the modern, um, you know, modern day, he wants to get online. But I said, you know, what? Well, let me do it. Try to create some type of revenue for myself. I'll get the product from you wholesale and then and, and flip it on my end. Okay, I was gonna say like you gotta have some kind of in or somebody who knows what they're doing. Because if I just tried to start selling some beauty products, like here's some soap from Walmart, you know. <laughs> no, it's hard. You gotta find. You know, you gotta find like target audiences, people that will buy from you versus the the WalMarts or the Targets, that kind of right. thing. Um, but once you give good quality products, I think people come back over and over again. Yeah. No matter. Well, I think people have a problem with that too. It's like they have a problem finding stuff they like. So if someone they trust recommends something. And then, uh, like, it's good. Like, they're going to keep coming back. Like, they know you've you've got good shit, and yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. See, I do the, I do the in-house ads with Anchor, but, um, yeah, it doesn't – it's weird because it's supposed to be 15 per milli, but, like, I'm at, what, 1,500 streams right now, and, like, I still only made $9, so somehow the math is up. But, <laughs> what I mean – Weird, but uh, hey, listen. There's some people that didn't even make that nine dollars, Jake. So congrats to you, man. Like oh. the fact that monetizing off of Anchor, some people don't even get that far. So kudos to you for real. No, no. I mean, you've had yours going for two years, two and a half years, haven't you? Since 2018. So yeah. I so mean, I want to say yeah. So if I if I would have stayed on Anchor, honestly, and like monetized, I could have made some decent money. But I just um. Eh, you know, sometimes you just, when you're in something so long and you've done like the the type of style that you're doing, like I've been doing interviews for, I want to say eight years now. It just so happened that podcasting came out. So now I do it here. So I wasn't really big on like the advertising back then. So it wasn't really a thing for me this time around. It was cool that it was an option, but that's not really like my, my focal point for my part at least. Right. So. Yeah, I guess I just, my feeling with it more is like, yeah, for me, I don't do it for the money either because I don't, I don't make enough money really to justify the time or the energy. But it's, it's kind of like I feel like, you know, because I write and, um, you know, 
writers say, like, look, you should get paid for your work. Like, there's plenty of people who'll take your work for free, but, like, you should respect your work enough to get paid for it. And so I just think, like, it's important if you can get, like, you ought to charge people a little bit of something. Charge a little bit of their time, charge a little bit of their money. Like, your, your work is valuable, and you need to put a value on your own work. For sure, um, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. I'd say, like, you know, in the beginning um when you like start off obviously you just a small fish in a big pond so you got to find your little avenue at first and now that i'm where i am now i can like start to charge for things i can you know have a like send invoices and people will respect the invoice or respect me enough to pay the invoice because they've seen the the grind they've seen how much i put into it the passion and how much i care for the people i work with so i mean i don't ask for much i'm not trying to you know run anybody's bank account but at the same time it's like a lot of the things I do, the people I do it with benefit a little bit more than me. So it was like, if you can't invest in yourself, there's no way I'm going to invest in you, you know? No, I, I hear that. I think it's I uh, I think it's interesting you do an R&B show, though, because pretty much on your show, you have, like, rappers mostly, right? Like, you're a big underground, underground rap guy. Yeah, yeah, I love I love rap. Rap is like my... Well, R&B is my favorite genre of music, but okay. rap, is like, rap is like my favorite, like... It's like my, my 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 pastime. Like I'll listen to freestyles. I'll watch ciphers. I'll watch all the old BT stuff for days. Like and be just by myself in a room, locked in, and just watch all that stuff. So to do it now, it's like I always say to people, it's like being a fan of Jeopardy, and then one day you host Jeopardy or create your own show like Jeopardy, and it becomes a thing. And that's like that's how it was for me. I did um lyrical flex exercise, a series of fifty rappers independent, um, and then when the pandemic hit. We couldn't really record anymore because studios were locked down. Yeah. So like when I want to say the pandemic was over, but after like uh, I want to say August, I was like, all right, we got to find a way to continue to work, but safely. Um, and that's when I came up with the cypher concept. Um, it was easier because we can get a lot of people in a room at the same time, film and then go about our day rather than having multiple people come up multiple days. Mm -hmm. um, it's so far so good, man. I'm Like I said, I, I'm just I'm just rolling with the punches. I'm about to drop the fourth one. So obviously they're doing well enough to have four coming yeah. out. Um, but yeah, I'm a big that. So people know me for that. People are like, all right, this is the guy that handles the rap, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But as I'm really gonna like have them go crazy with this R and B Jake. Like they're gonna they're gonna be like, whoa, like this guy's versatility is crazy. And it's not, and for this show, I'm not gonna be in it. You're probably never gonna see me in on camera in any episode episode. This is a show that I want to test my creative ability for real and see what i can do behind the scenes because i mean to be on camera during a cypher is simple i stand there for like six minutes right. <laughs> <laughs> while the rappers are rapping and um and people don't like that even that is hard but um yeah this time around i want to show my creativity let people know that r&b is my like my favorite genre and i wanted to show i wanted to show that like with this project i wanted to show that i care about singing i care about you know instrumentals um like just I'm a big instruments guy. I like guitar, I like bass, sax. All those things are great. So that see all the stuff happen in front of my face and know that I created it is like I can't ask for anything better. Yeah, no, it is. Um, yeah, it's I uh, like with rap. Like I, I love rap too. But it's there's something about like even like the classic R and B and soul records and even like old funk records where everybody's just in the studio live and you like. It's a real band playing, and they're just all freaking locked in, and it's all about rhythm. I mean, I guess with soul and R and B, it's more about feel. But there's just there's just so much good like shit happening. Like you go back and listen to some old like pop records and stuff. Like 
the studio musicians can really give a fuck less, but like on those old soul and funk records, man, like it's just a joy to listen to everything that's not the singer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, I, you know, uh, funny that you mentioned that. I was in the studio with my engineer, shout outs to Wave King, and shout outs to my videographer Z. We were in the studio, like, I want to say a few days ago, going over some of the editing some of the vocals and some of the, the you know sounds and we took out the singer's vocals on one of them and just let the the sax the bass and the drums play yeah and bro it was like magic we were all sitting there like i need to start to create a show without singers then i need to just create a whole vibe of just a band because this is great oh like, man great pretty sure like again i'm pretty sure like with this one um, and then the songs we're gonna, the singers are choosing from are, are very, they vary. Like the first, I'll, I'll give away this too. One of the singers chose an Ari Lennox song. Ari Lennox is like a modern day artist. And then she also chose a Stevie Wonder song. So it, the range, you know, from new era to old era, and the fact that she covered both of them so well, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody's gonna enjoy like the way everything comes out. Yeah. I gotta say, that's, that's one artist I feel like people don't give enough love to. Like, I know people know who he is, but I don't think they realize how good he was, Stevie Wonder. Like, yeah, and he still is. Like, it upsets me that like people put him in the the past. I mean, yeah, he doesn't put out albums and stuff today, but Stevie Wonder can still rock a crowd. Today, I went to a concert of his, um, twenty seventeen. It was on my bucket list actually to go to a Stevie Wonder concert because when you see people that age and those type of conditions, we don't really know how long we have with them. So I was like, as a kid, I didn't really know how to ask like my parents take me to a Stevie Wonder concert. It wasn't really a thing. Like, <laughs> really. But when I got older, old enough to go to my own concerts, I bought a Stevie Wonder ticket. I went to Prudential Center. Uh, shout out to that center. I think they closed at this point. But I went there, saw Stevie Wonder. I was by myself. And it was like, it was like the, like the most eye-opening experience. Like, I just saw Stevie Wonder, like, live. <laughs> like, yeah. live. In person. Like, this is not a myth. This guy's actually who he is. He had a backing band, probably, right? Huh? Did he have a backing band? It was uh, for some songs, and it was small. It was maybe like two other. Like, he was on the piano a lot the whole night by himself singing. Okay. Like he was really doing his thing, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is this is it. This is it." So, to like again, like like I listen to R and B, like the soul stuff, the feel good, the vibey, the moody, and and I'm just again glad to have this finally coming to fruition. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't listen to much contemporary stuff. I mean, D'Angelo I listen to sometimes. And I got really into The Weeknd, like, when he first came out. Yeah, The um, Weeknd now uh, too appealing to me. But Weeknd, when he first came out, like... Oh, man. Dude. Yeah. That shit, that, that whole year, those three mixtapes blew my fucking mind. Like, I don't think I listened to anything else the entirety of 2011. Like... I remember, because I was, like, some country boy living out in the middle of the country, and I don't know why, but just, like, I remember listening to House of Balloons and being like, oh, my God. Uh, and then when uh, the third one dropped, uh, what was it? Echoes of Silence, and he had the Dirty Diana cover on that. And, oh, man, I I think I listened to that, like, five times a day, every day, the whole winter. Um, and he was a G, like, that That music, I think, is is some of the best music of the of the 2010s and then no one gives it enough love yeah because you know what it is when people change in their artistry like we kind of question why it's like you know you got so far doing x y and z we get you want to sound new sound refreshing but some people fall off when they do that like they just yeah. lose that we all fell in love with and that's that's a downfall to a lot of artists 
Um, they get too caught up in the, I have to create, I have to make stuff refreshing and new every time. That it just lose the essence of why, again, why we fall in love with those artists. Well, I think, too, he put out that Kissland album, right? And I don't think that sold worth a damn. And then I think, I like, I, I just think he was kind of in his head like, okay, I can keep doing this and, like, I'm going to start selling less and less and less and, and be less and less important. Or I can just make a hard pivot to the mainstream. And, I mean, it worked. I, I respect, like, the business acumen and, like, he still makes good music for it being commercial music, but it's nowhere near the level of of that early stuff. Oh, oh yeah, you're, you're gonna get you. It's gonna get like the one or two that will still have you know the weekend is still around, right? But then whole project and like his whole direction going further maybe something totally different. But like our artists always gonna give you that that hint that they still got it, but just because they know they have a core fan base. But other than that, they're going where the money is, man. Yeah. Now, do you uh, know Drake's album Take Care? Yes, Drake's album Take Care is one yeah. of my... I, I'm not the biggest Drake fan, and I'm publicly not the biggest Drake fan, but I will say that Take Care is an album that I will revisit by Drake. I actually think... I'm lying, I'm lying. Did you hear, like, uh, what's that song that just dropped? Nicki, Min, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne, Drake, um, Seeing Green? No, I haven't heard it yet. Uh, so yeah, Nicki, Nicki just redropped her 09 mixtape. Uh, beat me up scotty with three new tracks and one yeah, of them i saw is, that yeah yeah so but i'll I, I say that to say like i wasn't crazy on drake literally until i heard this verse last night but back to take care take care is a great um body of work i like it make me proud um one of the good songs i know from there the model yeah that's 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 the real her yeah yeah that's that's yeah i think that's one of drake's best well yeah so abel testify the weekend he wrote a lot of the songs on that yeah yeah, so I just think that was that was funny. Drake heard him as like, yeah, I gotta I gotta bring him in and make my album for me. Drake is smart. One thing one thing I used to say about him was that he's a culture vulture, meaning like he like grabs all the sounds that are fresh. But what I realized over the years is that because Drake is like for like ten years now the biggest artist, um, out. I honestly think he was just trying to help the people, you know, get their push. Because without Drake, I don't think the weekend. We can't really say where he'd be because everybody's success is, is different. But I don't think the weekend would be the guy we know to to be today if it wasn't for Drake. Oh yeah. Now I have to ask: Is this Drake hate because of the whole Pusha T thing, or is this something else? Where you just so, so more hate came behind the Pusha T thing because I'm, <laughs> I'm a Clips fan. But okay. um, I just I don't know. Like, so I watched Degrassi growing up and. When I saw Drake transition from Degrassi to rap, it was cool. It was like, all right, the TV guys going to music. It was cool and all. And I just wasn't, I, I didn't really get down with the, I didn't think he was real. I didn't think what he rapped about was real at first. I didn't, I'm like, there's no way you live this. Like, I just watched him for the past 10 years in Degrassi. Like, I'm sure that like, outside of Degrassi, like, he wasn't with the, the, the drug dealers and the, and the X, Y, and Z. He oh. wasn't doing it. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure, like, I'm pretty sure that after set, he wasn't doing these things. I mean, I don't know. But it was a little bit of that. Then I, I, at one point, I thought he was redundant of what he said because I'm really like I analyze rap, not just the music of it, not just the sound. Like, what are you talking about? But then, like maybe like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I forgot which album it was, but I was like, I can't deny the greatness. It's like people hating LeBron James for being good, or hating Michael Jordan for being good. We don't really hate them or dislike them. Okay. They're just so good. It's like you can't do any wrong. Like I, I dislike you because you can't do any wrong. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. So Drake falls into that category now for me. Like, can't do any wrong. I just think that he's he's like he's just great. He's a goat. I mean, yeah, I definitely think like his earlier stuff 
like thank me later, uh, take care. Like he was he was good back then, and he kind of just started dropping off after a while. Like he's instead of being like kind of at the forefront of whatever the sound was, he started lagging behind. But I don't like him. But you got it. Like the man just turns out hits. It's like he can't stop. But like he just wakes up and goes in the studio and like shit. I guess it's number one. Like oops. <laughs> I just saw a stat. Well, he's the artist of the decade for a reason. Like, he literally has a club banger or, like, a radio banger every year since his debut. And there's nobody who does that. Like, I'm talking every year. Consistently, yeah. every single year, he has a club banger or a radio banger. And even if he's not dropping an album, like, there's something that carries on to that following year. And that still is the top hit. So, yeah, you can't, you can't deny the man's greatness. No, I, I can't. There's a there's a certain kind of art to like because people get tired. Like it's not like people want another Drake hit. It's like oh boy, another Drake song, and then like shit, it's catchy. I guess I have to like it. It's not like people are begging for these, you know. No, uh, honestly, honestly, when I see him, when I see him like post things about him dropping an album, I'm like oh boy, Drake. But then you hear it, and it's like oh boy, Drake. Like you know, like it's, yeah. It's all- of tone when you, when you hear his stuff. Oh god, I thought Scorpion was awful. I tried to listen to Scorpion. I got about six tracks in and i turn it yeah off. i want to say like i want to say like uh after views was the first bad one i thought yeah I... actually the one before that i didn't even like the one before that where he's on like he's got the picture of himself as a kid oh nothing was the same no nah, yeah like nothing was the same, man nothing was the same was a good one that's 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 a, that's a goodie right there right i know most people like that one but like i feel like even people who like support that that was his last great one you know what i mean yeah, no, definitely, because I'm, like, uh, I talk with a lot of people who are into, like, albums and stuff. We break down albums, and they always say, like, after, like, that Views run, that's really, that was really it. Like, everything else wasn't really a full body of, of great work. It was just, like, a bunch of great songs and that kind of thing. Right. But, yeah, Views, to me, was his last great, great project. Uh, Scorpion, I only like two songs on Scorpion, After Dark, and I don't know the other song name that I like on there, but I know After Dark is my favorite song on the album. Yeah, it's a uh, got static major and Ty Dolla Sign. Yeah, great banger right there. It's a banger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I am a big Pusha T fan, so I did have to love when that whole thing happened. Yeah, I definitely chose I definitely chose Pusha T side. I definitely chose VA. Like clips is like, like that's how I really got into rap. Um, really? Clip. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know, banging on the lunchroom tables, grinding beat, uh-huh. like that. Before that, I was listening to whatever came on mainstream. I was young when the clips debuted, so like. Whatever was on radio, whatever my parents allowed me to listen to, I wasn't when at that age. I wasn't really looking for music for my own amusement. It was just whatever was available. Um, and then I started to hear like the clips, and then people used to do that grinding beat on the lunchroom tables and rap to it. Uh-huh. So I started at those videos, them rapping. Then I started to get into Pharrell, and then like that whole that whole era. And then I started to listen to rap for real, for real. Like I started to listen to a lot of Jay Z. A lot of Jadakiss. Um, okay. Jadakiss is my favorite rapper, by the way. I don't know if you know who Jadakiss is. I know who Jadakiss is, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, um, so I, I listened to a lot of those guys, and that's when I really, like, and then after a while, BET started coming out with shows like Rap City. Big Tigger came out with Big Tigger in the Basement with the Freestyles. Then BET started doing Cypher. So that's that, that little transition from, like, banging on lunch table, hearing kids do it, listening to clips at home secretly because they, they cursed up a storm. Moms yeah. wasn't trying to hear um so i listened to that and then hey it kind of broke me up into 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 rap like and i fell in love with wordplay just the stuff they talked about how real it was seeing these guys like and it's like all right 
And like I said, I've yeah. listened to other rappers, etc. Before that, like that whatever was out though, like the Nellies, the, the Ti's, everybody. I heard of everybody, but it wasn't until clips came around that I started to really dive into rap. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's almost like painting. Just like first of all, Pharrell used to be able to freaking produce with the Neptunes. I mean, they. I mean, but it's just like I don't know. I I know uh, Hell Hath No Fury pretty well, and just like the freaking. Everything on there is grimy, and the wordplay is so like intense and like uh, complex. And I mean, there's just there's just so much. Like, if you grow up like your whole time hearing what's on the radio, and then you hear that, you're like, oh shit, there's like a whole nother level that that this can go. So um, yeah, I love that album. But I think he's I don't know. I think like uh, his Daytona. I think that's as good as anything he's ever made. Oh yeah, you know Daytona is definitely like that. That that's that's Pusha T. Like if if anybody ever asks me, let me hear some Pusha T or what would you recommend? I'm playing that. I'm not even gonna play any clip stuff. I'm playing that. Right. Those songs you can hear that. <laughs> that's what you can hear. I'll let you hear this, and you'll instantly become a fan of Pusha T. If not, then I don't know what. Uh, yeah, and it's it's he's the like I feel like he's got the perfect amount of celebrity where like he's made it. You know, he's made it in the industry, but like he's not a household name. Like yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah. for honestly, like I want to be where like I made it. Um, household name sounds cool until like people are running you down every five seconds about things. So it's like I think Pusha T later on in his career realized that the acclaim was a little bit more valuable than the fame. Like knowing that he's yeah. Pusha T, knowing that people will call him for a verse, knowing that his name on a verse speaks volume, rather than just him, he can live a normal life, walk the streets, you know, be him, but still have that that it factor what makes him him you know yeah yeah well and i mean yeah he's freaking running good music like ah oh man like what a like what a career he's like longevity like variety of endeavors yeah yeah it's just like a great career um yeah so uh speaking of other people who had good careers you freaking ran into mike tyson outside your apartment building what the hell is with that picture yeah so that that was like when I say like a lot of random things happened to me in life, like I experienced a lot of rent. That was probably the most random thing I've ever, ever in my life had to experience. I'm walking to the store, you know, it's a normal store around that night. There's nobody in front of my building when I leave. There's not a soul. There's like literally nobody. And it's pretty early in the evening. No, I'm lying. It's about eight, nine o'clock. But there's nobody even walking down the street. I come back and I see my landlord standing outside. So I'm like, OK, normal stuff. My landlord is outside. But then I see like three other guys and I see this one guy with his hand in his pockets, but I'm not paying any attention because I'm just, I'm just trying to go back into my house. I'm not trying to like right. see anybody, anybody. So my landlord goes, Hey, you're not going to say what's up to my mans. So in my mind, I'm like, who the hell is your mans, bro? I'm just trying to go inside. <laughs> like, so without even looking at him, I reach my hand out to shake his hand. So the dude grabs my hand and I look up and I'm staring eye to eye with the baddest man in the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was like I, I was like I said it to him in his face I was like somebody pinch me this is not happening yeah like because he's so calm about it he just shook my hand he giggled a bit laughed it was like yes yeah, me he's like yes yeah, me you know his list he's like yes yeah, right right so I'm like I've, I've, I've met an, enough famous people in my life I'm not really like a starstruck or like picture kind of guy if you get a picture we do if you don't we don't so I say to him, I say, hey, Mike, my dad's inside. I'd love to get a picture. But I already knew I was going to go inside and tell him that Mike Tyson was outside. <laughs> like, duh. So I 
I don't even care what the picture looked like. His manager or whoever he was driving with took the picture. It doesn't look like the best picture, but I said, you know what? I don't even care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the funny story about the picture, though, is I tried to take it with my arm on his shoulder. Like, like we were cool. like got boys. And he was like, no, you got to shake my hand. I said, why? He's like, because you can't take a picture with Mike Tyson and have people feel like I don't respect you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, are you really talking to me right now, Mike Tyson? Like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, if you don't shake my hand, people won't think you have my respect. You can't walk around without having my respect. He's like, you know where you live? You know where you, what neighborhood this is? I was like, what the f- This is Mike Iron Mike Tyson. And he's like such like a regular, I will say though, he has an aura. There's an aura about that yeah. guy like, it's like there was like a glow of him on him, like, but there was no lighting. There was like a glow when I, because when I shook his hand, again, I didn't look up at all. I wasn't gonna look at this guy. I'm like, all right, one of my landlord's friends, let me just shake his hand and go inside. But when I shook his hand, I just felt like a whole energy, and I just looked him locked in the eyes, and I was like, yo, this is the hand that knocks people out. <laughs> oh man, well, I mean, it's not just like you saw him in an airport or something. Like you got to stop, chat with him for a second, like introduce yourself that's a different that's a different thing and not only that in front of my house like i didn't meet him like going to the store or like you know and he's right. standing in front of my building i was like so that somebody made a joke when I, when I told him the story and they were like well you know you can't be late on rent now because your landlord is buddies with mike tyson <laughs> i was like you got a, you got a point <laughs> so your landlord actually knows him oh yeah so they're they're, they're boys from like apparently from like way way back in the day Mike Tyson obviously became Mike Tyson and, and became a fighter, but they're like, they were, they close boys. They were out there chatting, hugging each other up, pushing each other around. I was like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Like, it was like, it was like, it was like, it was like, all right, for example, it was like, if I, if I see you today, Jake, it's going to be a great moment because I haven't seen you in so long and we know each right. other. It was like that for them. Like, it was like a reunion for them. And I was so confused. <laughs> like, I was so confused. <laughs> but it was like, I, I came in, told my pops he went out do what he had to do with Mike Tyson but I was just it was crazy like it was crazy like that's why I didn't care about how the picture looked because I'm like I know where it happened in front of my house the cameras above my house will show you that I was standing there with Mike Tyson <laughs> you know right, so right that's a guy that had a freaking rough life and it, but he's had an interesting life too but man dude. but what I say experience of a lifetime I won't trade that for anything yeah I mean yeah to get to meet him I mean, and he seems like a down-to-earth guy, you know? He just seems like someone who... Super down-to-earth, because I'm telling you, that whole that whole handshaking speech he gave me, I didn't even, like, th- like think twice about that kind of thing. He was like, if you notice, and he verbatim said this to me, I'm going to use the lisp and all that. If you check any of my recent pictures, everybody that I respect shakes my hand. If I don't know you and I don't respect you, you know, you can get a regular photo op. But he's like, you know my man's. And he's talking about um, my landlord. He's like, you know yeah. my man's. got to shake my hand in the picture. I was like, let's do it, Mike. <laughs> let's, <laughs> oh, right. let's do it. I don't I don't mind. And and that was that. I will say, though, his he has a deadly grip. Um, His hand is like, yeah, he probably like. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, like it was, it was crazy. I, I wasn't expecting that. Like, what? <laughs> like, Mike Tyson at 50 in his 50s and 60s can still fuck you up, like, in your 20s. It's not... <laughs> Not even. I'm not gonna chance it. I won't even. Fuck me. I won't even chance uh, that. He can. <laughs> I think that's a great example. I feel like I've been starting to realize this. Like people who are actually great at shit or have been great, 
tend to be like really humble and really down the earth. And it's when you get people that are like kind of middle of the road that they ended up they end up being like bigger dicks about shit they're good at, if that makes sense. Like people who are actually good don't need to perform that. Exactly. And what I will say is this too, he kept saying to my landlord, like, stop, stop bigging me up, man. Stop making me hot. I just want to chill, man. I just came to chill. I just came to chill. I don't want to see, I don't want to talk to people. I was like, yo, <laughs> he's like, he's a real down to earth, not really trying to be, you know, I really, right. I really enjoyed that brief moment I had with him. Like, I'll never forget that. That's something I'll never forget in my life. Well, yeah. And he didn't ask for the celebrity. Like he's a boxer. I feel like it's, you know, there's some people who get into things because they want to be famous, but like he probably just, I mean, I know he was raised up into it, but. He's probably a boxer, like first and foremost. So, like, just n- having everybody know who he is probably isn't necessarily, like, the thing he's about. Yeah, I mean, that would that see that would be a level of celebrity. I just I got to be able to go into a grocery store and people would not know who the fuck I am. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, man. It's, it's, it's a like now. I will say this too. Like now that I'm, I'm I work with so many people in my city, it's like it's hard to to enter a room and not be known because at least one person knows one person that I work with. They've seen me post it up with them. They've yeah. seen me in the video. So it's, 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 it's good and it's bad. Good because obviously you want your work to stand out and you want your work to get noticed. Bad because like, <laughs> I don't, I really don't want fame. Like, and that's why I'm not in this next project on camera. Cause I, I feel like this is going to be that project that takes myself and my team to those new heights. But mm. I just can't be bothered with the 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 um like I know I know I'm I'm like friends with a couple of quote unquote celebs or actual celebs like so I know what their life is like when they try to walk the streets and they just try to live normal lives and I I don't wish that on anybody <laughs> like I don't yeah, yeah I don't wish yeah I don't wish constant harassment and we get it like people are gonna be fans people are gonna support so when they see you it's, it's a big thing but I just think that people forget that celebrities and influencers and just anybody are humans so the same way we feel on on a lower scale oh yeah they feel great but just with a little bit more notoriety you know well and i think too like you know i don't know maybe i can't speak for you but i feel like a lot of people myself included like you get into shit that like makes you a public person because you like being a public person you like want like feedback and positive reinforcement from other people and so like being that kind of person and then being exposed to as much negative feedback as necessarily comes from being a public person just in today's environment. Like, I know it's like the kind of person I am. I imagine, you know, people who, you know, are big, like that's got to be hard just to freaking take that much negative input in a day. If you, you know, look at it. I mean, there's going to be someone every day somewhere like complaining about like just everything you do. And ah, man, yeah, you got to learn. I mean, luckily for you, like your personality still shines through on the pod, but it's not necessarily a, like a personality heavy podcast either. It's kind of like it's it's all it's all interview based, man. Like I when I when I switched to podcasting because I did a show called Chino TV years yeah, back what, where I did. I hear you reference that. What what is Chino TV? All right. So when I was in high school and like a little bit after high school, like into like my first couple of years of college, I went by the nickname Chino. Um, Wong Wai is my last name. So one of my friends back in high school, Chanel. She used to call me Chino as a nickname and it caught on, caught like wildfire, to be honest. Like everybody in my school called me Chino. And then 2013, my friends were in a music group and they wanted an interview. But at the time, like it was hard to get those kind of things because people weren't people weren't doing it. So I said, you know what, I'll do it just as a 
honest to God, as a joke. Like, I was like, let me do it. I didn't see anything going further with it. When we did the interview, they they told me to make a name for the, the, the channel or the show, rather. And I was like, well, I'm Chino. And I can't really think of a concept name. So let's do Chino TV. Okay. And they were like, all right, cool. We did the first episode. We released it. And then people started to write me about interviews. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I, no. Let's, no. I didn't want to do this. That's not my path. It's not my goal. But I did, I did like, 19 more interviews on YouTube. I, I can unarchive a couple and let you see them, like, some throwbacks. Yeah. Some when I met you, too. Some of them were, like, going down when I when I met you um, years back. So Right. That's what I was, I was thinking. Da- like, eight years ago, that's when we met. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I definitely was doing it then. I stopped for a bit after 2015. I stopped doing media. I stopped doing interviews. I just wasn't. I was still young. I'm still young, but I was younger, and I just wanted to see what else life had for me. So I, I yeah. took two and a half years to see what else life offered. It wasn't really like intrigued about anything. So 2018, I see that there's podcasting and um, some of my peers were on my side as far as getting it back going. So I was like, all right, let me try it out now. I did interviews 2018. My mom passed away in 2018. So it was kind of rough um, to continue to really focus on things like that. Cause I just had to make sure that I was good. Like I was only 24 when my mom died. So it was, uh, well, maybe not even that age. I was maybe I was younger than that. I was, when my past 2018, I was 20, no, I'm lying, I was 24. So that at that point, I stopped podcasting for a good part of 2018. <clears throat> 2019 came around. I want to get heavily back into it. So I um, hit up some DJs, shout out uh, DJ Spaz and my boy Selector Shah, who came on the pod as in-house DJs and, and provided mixes and, and input. Um, people started to like the input portion of other people on the pod during interviews. So I searched around for a co-host and I got Ash Dallas, who I've known for a very long time as well. Ash, you, what year did you work at Camp Jake? Because I went to college. I went to school in 2011. I think it would have been 2013. Yeah. You remember Ashley? Yeah. My co- yeah, Ashley's Is that her? On the pod. Yeah, that's her. Definitely that's her? her? Definitely her. Oh, no <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, 100% Ash. Um, oh, okay. And, and I know exactly Ash, who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've known Ash since high school. So, like, that dynamic was great. Like, I've known her different parts of my life, so it was easy to have her on board. Um, so, yeah, I'm dropping an episode just now, and she'll definitely be on that, as always. Okay. But, yeah, that's Ash that, that's on the pod. So, like I said, everything has been smooth. The interviews are great. That's what people know me for at first. That's what got me in the door of anything else. Before I can create lyrical flexercise, before I can get into R&B, before I can, um, you know, I hosted SOBs as like a big venue in New York. Like before I can do any of that, interviews is what I started with. Talking to people, figuring out their life, seeing how I can relate to the audience. That's my whole thing. And then from there, we're here. <laughs> well, yeah, and I got yeah. Um, for, I do like the co-host thing. I don't know because I usually hate co-hosts, but like for whatever reason, like just having her in the room kind of brings the energy and keeps the keeps everything moving forward. So I loved that. She but, has, I will say, adding her has been like the missing piece. That I always, well, I never knew I needed. Um, because I'm great at what I do, and people think I'm great at what I do. But like you said, that other dynamic in the room is is very important and it's very it's very like it's just it's just it's like it's like an innovation kind of thing like you get you get me you get the you get the guests but then you get a whole yeah. nother 
line of question in line of like thought process from a whole different person that may be totally different and into totally different things. So it's a great concept. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like you and the guest are like the steak and potatoes, and then she's like the glass of champagne. Like that's just that's the feeling I got. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean that that just goes to show, like you know, if I feel like that's if I could give any like buddy that's younger advice, like I think one of the things I would give them is like don't say no to an opportunity, but like don't say no to an opportunity or something that you can do because you don't know where it's gonna lead, like. Like you, sh- like I feel like people say no to stuff because, like, oh, like I'm not gonna make money doing it, or like, oh, like I don't have the skills for it. But like, you start going down a road, and maybe you don't like end up doing the thing you start doing. I mean, I know you still do interviews, but like, you can start down a road and like learn skills that you end up monetizing or using in a whole different context later. So just like the more the like wider range of shit you can do, it's just so like helpful. It's so good, like. Like this podcast, I know how to freaking produce audio. Like I can go in and record people like playing music and like I know how to do it. You just got to say yes to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be afraid. So you can't be afraid to fail either. We see so much success in entertainment that we don't think failure is even a thing. Like tough times, stress. Like me, I'm okay with the the stressing and, and the trial and error because I know that it's something that I want. And we got to work to the things that we want to get. It's like, a, it's like a regular nine to five job. You're going to go in. You're going to yeah, perform you be because you may want to uh, raise. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, professional, just know that if you want it, keep working at it. Um, and it'll, it'll come. It'll come. You just got to You just gotta really, like, for me, honestly, I take media as serious as, like, my, my opportunity to breathe. You know, like, this is, like, I wake up and, and I get opportunities. I'm never saying no to it. Like, as early as hell on a Friday, Jacob. I don't normally wake up early on a Friday if I don't have to, but for you, for breakfast is not, I'm up man. because I know that if I did, because if I didn't, one, I'd miss out on a great conversation with a longtime friend, right? And then two, who knows if the opportunity will come again? You might be busy. You might have a, a plethora of guests coming up and I might not fall in line. So like I said, you always got to make sure you, um, if this, if it's your, if it's in your profession and this is what you do, always be present. Yeah. Yeah, I got to say, I think that's key, not necessarily to making stuff that's good, but to actually making a living in media or just in the arts or whatever you do. It's like consistency and not getting depressed, like like golden rule 1A and golden rule 1B, because it's like that's what I feel like happens to most people is some people are even good. But then you just like the slog of always having to make something new and like the, the slog of like it never breaking just quite kind of the way you think it's going to, and you got to just stay at it. And that's hard. That's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. got to look at it like a job because if you don't now, it becomes a hobby or something that you can do in your leisure time. And we know how we feel about hobbies and leisure time. We do it when we can, but a job is you do it cause you have to. Right. You know? And like I said, when you get into the type of field, podcasting and, and just like mass communications and you really got to want to do it. Like I would, we wouldn't be here if we wasn't two guys that like to talk. I, I know you Jacob, but you know me, we, we love to chat, <laughs> you know? So this is the yeah. right field up our alley. Like this is what we do, you know? So like, there's no problem with waking up and or you waking up and I don't know where you are in the world right now. I don't know what state you're in. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in Kansas right now. I'm going back to Europe here in another couple of weeks. So. Oh, yeah. so yeah. So right now it's probably like, what time is it for you? Probably like stupid o'clock in the morning for you right now. Uh, it's just an hour earlier, so it's not. 
Okay. All right. But yeah. hey, listen, you say just an hour out of the sleep still. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest one. I did one with a guy who I know in Prague and he was in Prague and I was over here. I think I had to get up at like 4 a.m. for that one. But I mean, you, you, you do it. And I do, I do like for me it, with the podcasting, it's like, cause really my like number one endeavor is, is to get published as a writer. So it's more like ancillary to that, but that almost like, I will, I will say with podcasting, that's part, I do enjoy it. Like it's cause with writing and like art, it's like, you have to say everything indirectly and it takes time. I do love with, I actually enjoy podcasting cause I can just like get on the mic and just bullshit over whatever I want to bullshit about. You know, it like, I like to talk, like you said. So it helps that I enjoy it. It helps that we enjoy it. Definitely makes a difference. No, seriously, seriously. Yeah, but I mean, you got like you gotta you gotta love it like as a baseline, right? If you don't love doing it, like if you're just forcing yourself every time, it's not gonna go anywhere. But like, you also got to be consistent. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's who else was I when I um I know you've talked uh, you've made fun of him a little bit or people who like him, but I I think a future about this one because I feel like he's the first guy, like at least that I've observed, who's just like made good shit, didn't get recognized for it, and then just, like, kept putting out good stuff, like, multiple times a year, year after year, and then, like, eventually, like, made it to where he's just ubiquitous now, where it's, like, the value of consistency. Yeah, so I like Future. I think he's, he's, uh, he's good, you know, I don't, I mean, I won't break my neck to listen to him or see him live, but I think that people got so caught up in his, like, toxic lifestyle with, like, the many women, many kids that, you know, we like it, it becomes like a play in his music. But I think that when people listen to his music without caring for a future to person, it makes some quality stuff. Well, I mean, yeah. And like back when he was like 2015, that was one thing when I got to Prague a couple years ago, it was like, I finally started listening to future. And I was just amazed at like how good the back catalog was. Like, I think nowadays he's, he's hit or miss, but like, you know, he like wasn't a freaking household name yet, and then like he's still putting out some of the music I think's the best of the 2010s. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. yeah. When you when you see people like that, those are the people that I feel like are are here for the the right reasons. Like when you when you when you're constantly putting out music and things, and it's not you're not the household name even after like five six projects, and you're still putting out quality because people still like like it. You're doing it for the right reasons. Because some people give up because maybe they're not number one. But if right. I have ten thousand people listening to my album, to me, I'm number one. <laughs> you know, like in my mind, if I can get that many people to listen to what I'm producing or I'm making, I'm I'm number one artist. You can't tell me otherwise. The stats may tell me otherwise, but you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta find something. You gotta find like you can't get obsessed with numbers because if you start getting obsessed with numbers, and I mean, how many of those numbers are paid too? I feel like there's a lot of people who pay for numbers. And oh hell yeah, um, I've seen it. I've it's one thing I, I'm, I'm against because I pay. I mean, if you're like a a future or a Drake, you got to pay to keep things in rotation. So I understand that. But when you're paying for the numbers itself and not really for the the audience or like trying to get the audience, it's kind of like now you're just wasting your time because you put all this work in to create and, and you're now you're forcing people to receive it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's I don't know, but I, like kudos to future. Cause again, he puts out some of the best stuff. I go to clubs and parties now and his stuff still plays from like years ago. So, you know, that's, that's a guy that's going to be around for a long time. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just that's just someone who like when I that I mean it sounds a little bit weird, but when I think of like, man, I gotta like keep working. Like I just think of that guy who just like making some of the best music of the decade and like took another three, four years before he became, you know, I mean, he was a, he was a star, but like he had, you know, become future. You know what I mean? It's like, you just got to keep putting out quality stuff and people will follow. Like if your stuff's good, that's one thing we're like, how do I put this? Like yeah, your stuff might be different and it might take time for people to get acclimated. But if your stuff is good, you know, someone's going to come along and look into it and they're going to like it and they're going to tell somebody else and you're going to find your audience. Like, you gotta, you gotta keep up the quality because it will pay off eventually. Like someone, yeah. But if you start slipping or you stop, you stop making stuff. And like, I mean, that's how I got in the future, right? Is like I got into them in like 2019, just because I kept seeing all this, all these like hits and stuff over and over. So I went back and listened, and it's like I learned about his old stuff because of his new stuff. And so it's like you gotta keep putting out stuff so people can discover that, so they go discover your old stuff. And they realized how good that was. So one artist that it was like that for me, um, and is J. Cole. Like I've like I've followed J. Cole's career from the beginning, but at a certain point, it was like that wasn't my cup of tea when it came to rap. And then he put out more stuff later on in the years. And then I started to revisit some of the things that he put out previously, and it started it aged well. Um when music ages well, that's I think that's when it really like yeah. is quality. Because as I, for example, if I'm listening to 50 Cent when he first comes out, I'm like nine years old, right? But if I'm You're listening not to 50 connect to that. <laughs> yeah, like when I'm listening to 50 Cent at 28 years old, it's like, okay. Yeah. And yeah, so same thing, same thing with J. Cole. Like I probably wasn't getting the concepts and I wasn't understanding what was going on back when he first started. But now it's like, yeah, I can tolerate it. I can listen to him. I would, I would listen to him on my own without having anybody force it upon me. Yeah. You know, maybe I need to go back and listen to some J. Cole because I feel like I gave it a listen a few years ago and it just, he kind of felt like the Black Macklemore. Like, he can definitely rap, but it just like, okay, here's here's my 12 sermons for the day. Like, which I can't, I don't can't get on board with. And, you know, it, was, it was like that for me too. I was like, I don't like his style. I felt he was a bit boring. I mean, I still feel he's boring, but I understand where he's coming from now, if, if it yeah. makes sense. Back then it was like, I was I was waiting for like a, uh, a pop rapper like a, a hyper oh we're gonna talk about cars and this that oh but yeah let me get j cole and was like oh, i don't want to hear this at that age but now you kind of you could you can, you can listen to it you can resonate you know it's, it's, it's feel good stuff so you know shout out to him too he just dropped the project yeah i saw that yeah is it have you listened to it yet no i mean i haven't listened to it because i got caught up in the Nicki minaj train after she re-released her uh Mixtape, so I've been listening uh -huh. to that all night. <laughs> I haven't listened to AJ Cole yet. Dude, I I can't. I'm I'm a Cardi. I'm a Cardi fan. I can't listen to Nicki anymore. Shout out to Cardi, man. Shout out <laughs> to all, all the girls in rap, Meg, City Girls, all of them. But yeah. I'll say this as a rap fan and as a and I'm from Brooklyn, so I it's gonna be a little controversial saying this. Okay. You know, got little Kim in Brooklyn, but I think that Nicki Minaj then now and forever will be the best female rapper that we've ever experienced. See, when she actually wants to put in the work and write, she can actually write, but it's just, am I getting like pop star Nikki or am I getting like rapper Nikki? And that's what we were talking about earlier about like the weekend and stuff. When people reach a certain level of success, they start to like experiment um, or, or, you know, the labels may say, you know, we want this sound because you already made it in this sound. So we never know why she went the pop route. 
But like I said, rap wise for me, taking away all her pop songs and all the pop singles. Oh, dude, I'm I'm, I'm giving Nicki Minaj the crown hands down. That I remember, I don't remember what mixtape it was she did, but it was around the time she did the verse on Monster, and it's just like. I mean, I remember hearing that verse on Monster and be like, what in the fuck? Holy fuck is this? And I like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I do think there's a danger to that, though, because it's kind of like, I don't think if she wanted to turn in that kind of verse again, she could do it. Like, I think that people become the masks they wear. Like, you can only, like, decide you're going to pretend to be a pop star so long before, like, you kind of lose whatever made you, like, so great at the start. I'm not, like... I mean, I just, how do I put this? I, she may be the greatest female rapper yet to come along, but there's definitely open room for someone to come in and, and take that crown still. I've, I'm seeing, I'm seeing potential. Um, I'm, I mean, who am I to say I'm seeing the potential, right? But I mean, as a, as a, as a fan, as a consumer of the music, I, I won't say who I think is, is, is coming up because I'll probably get hell for saying it. <laughs> Reckless is hell, but I probably will get more hell. <laughs> okay. But... I do say I'll I'll say though for now, and for the simple fact that she's coming out with a new album soon, um, I feel like until Nicki Minaj says, "Hey, I'm hanging up the microphone forever," it, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to to have somebody come out and claim to be that because Nicki Minaj is still active. Oh yeah, like to be that kind of personality, yeah, just to be that ubiquitous is gonna be impossible. So it's like it's like who knows? Because like for example, somebody. I can put out the best female rap album today. Somebody else other than Nicki, and then Nicki Minaj gets a new spark, and she puts out an album that's better than that. Like, how can you? We don't really know what she has up her sleeve yet, you know. And if you listen to the the re-release of the mixtape, she has again three new songs on it. Yeah. And it it, it goes to show you, like, okay, the mixtape stuff is from '09. This is 2021, and 12 years later, I'm sounding better yeah. than my mixtape stuff. Yeah, I think my mixtape stuff is my best stuff. Like, imagine that. If y'all think of my mixtape stuff is my best stuff and I can still give you a quality verse. I don't know, man. Like I said, I think it's a long time before we get rid of that, that Nicki Minaj train, man. Um, but kudos to whoever is next up and whoever is going to take that baton and run with it. I wish you well. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be Azealia Banks, but she never she never quite materialized. <laughs> yeah, she, Azealia Banks, and she, um, as crazy as she is, she's talented. Oh, so 212 is still good. It's still an amazing song every time I hear it. She's a, she's great. It's just that, like, she took the Kanye route too early. Yeah, <laughs> she, she, she did Kanye before making all the classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like you can't do it. You can't do it yet. You got to wait a little bit, then you can do it. But, you know, I guess she's living the way she wants to live her career. So, you know, again, yeah. shout out to people. I mean, she does some questionable things. Like, I don't know if you've seen when she was boiling her dead cat. No, <laughs> so I didn't I, see that. So she, she dug up her yeah. cat. She dug up her cat out the backyard. Boiled her cat? And boiled like I can't, make it up. I can't believe what did she eat it like i don't i well i didn't get that far in the live i wasn't trying to <laughs> eat the cat like because i was watching her live and i see her like in the backyard digging and i'm like what the hell is she digging for and she pulls up a cat i'm like is that a dead freaking cat she puts it in a pot and she's making dead cat stew and i'm like this is not oh man somebody said it was like a ritual or something like that and i'm just like that's cool and all but some things are not for Instagram. Yeah. Like, I think, I don't know if it was her. I think it was her. It might have been Lana Del Rey who was like killing chickens in a closet. 
for like some Probably kind of ritual sound, too. Sounds like Lana Del Rey shit. Yeah. <laughs> I somebody, can't give all the credit. <laughs> yeah, somebody was like, like had their closet covered with chicken blood, and they were describing how they killed them for sacrifices. And it's like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I definitely wouldn't like, fucking post about this. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Um. Well, before we wrap this up, uh, we probably ought to tell people how we actually know each other. So Devonte and I met each other working a camp in upstate New York called Camp Tommy. Um. And we it's a camp for what twelve to fifteen year old, twelve to fifteen year olds, uh, minority, underprivileged kids throughout the city, uh, throughout the five boroughs, and yeah, we worked there together. I think that, that was my super. Wait, was I a counselor? You said twenty thirteen, so I probably was still a counselor that year. Now you, yeah, you were a super. You were ahead of one of the three. All right, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, so that was that was that was twenty fourteen. Then then we were there together. Okay, okay, I still remember um, Ashley though. Yeah, no, she was there as well there because she, okay. she came 2012, 2013, 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So um that was yeah, the year so where we, my entire cabin got fired pretty much. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that thing on my own. Good times. <laughs> oh, dude. But that yeah. that camp was it was it was really like, you know, meeting you back then. We were all younger and it was I was great to have you in my village, man. Like I, I still talk about it to this day. I got pictures from this till this day, like. We like it was a, it was a time in life. I went to another camp after that year for two years, but I always say like Camp Tommy, Fresh Air Fun is is how I learned a lot of things I learned in life from the staff we worked with, from the kids, the environment, being a leader, um, great experience. And all these years later, we can chop it up on Breakfast as Hell. It's it's really like a good full circle moment. Like I remember seeing you start the podcast. I remember you wrote to me or we talked about it, and I was like, yeah, go like do it bro like podcasting is, is legit and i remember i seen i commented one of your posts maybe one day i never even thought that you would invite me up not to say that you know we would cross paths this way but when you wrote me i was like there's no way i'm gonna say no like there's no way i'm not, I'm gonna be busy there's no way i'm gonna reschedule no we're gonna do it friday <laughs> we're gonna do it in your time yeah. that you want um so yeah we met at camp man shout out to camp tommy rest in peace richard williams oh yeah dude that was our, our, a great man, but he passed away halfway through that summer, which was yeah. That that was a see as a person who went to the camp as a camper too, and knowing Richard since then, it was like wow, like that's that's people like people like that you would never think could go like can die like nothing happens to them. Right. Um, I, I, to this day, I think it's like a hoax, you know. It's <laughs> but because I didn't he go to it into heaven or some shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm like Richard gone. Like nah, it doesn't make sense. Maybe he was just tired of camp and they didn't know how to quit. And just like faked his death. That's that was my whole thing. Dude. Like all these years, I ran with it. Obviously, he's gone. <laughs> but I was right. like, I would hope that that's what he did, you know, because he's just a great man he is. But I'm glad that he hired us at the time he did and, and put yeah. us together. And again, a lot of people got fired that summer, but we stuck around. Oh, dude. And, yeah. And, <laughs> halfway and, halfway through, I turned in the red red Jacob. Yeah, yeah, red Jacob. <laughs> oh man, red Jacob. Oh man. Um, my cousin, my cousin was your co-counselor, Naji. Naji, yeah, Naji, I remember Naji, Naji, Eddie, 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 all those guys, man. Dude. I still talk to a, I still talk to a good portion of of that staff, like yeah. Um, I, but Richard's the kind of guy where like he has an impact, but like he's the kind of guy that never gets sung. But like those kind of guys are so important. Like it's important to be the unsung guy who like puts in the work day in day out. Like maybe doesn't get the accolades, doesn't get known, but like you impact so many lives. Um. Which is, it's kind of like, I, this is a whole nother tangent and we, we don't, we can't get off on this cause this will never end. But like, I feel like people who like only go protest or like, are like 
like Twitter, like try to cancel people online, et cetera, et cetera. Like the real change happens with people like Richard who like go in, like make a difference in a handful of lives, like go in every day trying to change things and like end up having that kind of impact. So, yep, yep, yep. Again, uh, he, from, from since I was a kid, um, that guy was my director. I ended up growing up as an adult working for the same man that was the director from when I was a kid. So to know that his principles and his morals and everything were that when I was a kid, so as a, so I became an adult. Same thing you said. It takes that person to make a change in a few people's lives, so they can go ahead and spread that to other people's lives. And I think he did it. Um, I know he did it because, again, everybody that I've worked with or we work with over the years, I've seen it in them. A lot of people are doing things like this, like we do. Um, and it, it all stems from that little experience, whether we know it or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, I will say that was a hard. That was definitely. I mean, they got to give people a little bit more breaks than they do. I mean, <laughs> I was watching Platoon last week and I was like that Tommy was my Platoon, you know, like talking about Vietnam. It was. It was rough. I I don't know how. Like doing doing like four or five summers there and then going to another camp. I don't know how you did it so many years in a row. It like, was it was uh, I'll, two 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 things like being a city kid. Like it was cool to get away from the city for a period of time. Okay. So like being away was like a muse for me, and then two like, like I'm, I always people always say like the children are our future. You know, make sure you yeah. influence the ones. And I'm like, well, I have to do it somehow. You know, like if I'm around kids, I started a camp when I was 18. Like I was working at 18. So we had, I had kids that were only three years younger than me. Yeah. Right. So like from then it taught me to like discipline myself because in, in my mind, I'm still a young kid, but to the, everybody else's mind, I'm a grown staff. So right. how do I, how do I, you know, get into that element? How do I become the leader at 18? How do I, how do I um, grasp the idea that I'm at sleepaway camp? as a staff member for the whole summer, not just one session. And then all of the personalities that we meet with the people, it's like, after the first time you do it, it becomes like a addiction. Like for me, it was like, it was more than, it was always the kids. It was always the kids first for me. But then yeah. when I start to meet people from all over the world and I start to learn new things. And I remember the first time I did a Ramadan because I met some folks from uh, Egypt and they were doing Ramadan and I did it with them out of respect. And, you know, yeah. like I learned like just little things, you know, little things that you just pick up over the years goes along and it, it just makes for a great story at the end. So I will say, like, out of all the summers I did, I don't regret any of it. I probably would have did like maybe a year or two less. <laughs> um, but but overall, you know, I'm, I'm happy how it turned out. I guess I undersell that because in its own way, like New York City is kind of like isolated. Like, so it's I guess I kind of undersell like how freaking international that camp was. Yeah, I I don't I forget about like how many different people from different countries came to work that camp and just like being outside of the city. Um yeah. I mean, yeah. I I mean the kids are I mean I I tutored for a couple of years in the Bronx and like, you know, I I've worked with kids all through college. So like I definitely believe that true. That's like so important. And and then also if we're able to and you know we're willing, why not? Like it's an opportunity, like you said, like don't give up opportunities because you never know what it can lead to i never thought of becoming a supervisor at a camp when i went to my new camp i went in as a supervisor i went in as a top dog you know so it was like just from camp tommy and that experience and me just wanted to be there you know it, it led yeah. to something more so we can never really like underestimate the the potentials of whatever um possibilities we have in this world yeah yeah 
All right. Well, I feel like I've probably got enough good stuff. Is there anything you wanted to bring up or say before we? I will say if you listen to this and you find me interested at any point, definitely follow me, Vonte NYC, on all social media. But more important than that, definitely keep supporting Breakfast as Hell. Shout out to my boy Jacob. Oh, um, appreciate you've been, it. You've been, I've, I've mean, we had each other on social media all the years. So I've been seeing, you know, what you've been up to. You've been a straight up guy from the day I met you. I know you're going to be a straight up guy for the rest of your life. I wish you success with the pod. You've been doing great so far. I've seen the numbers that you posted with the episodes that you have out. That's very, very inspirational to somebody that maybe wanted to start a podcast. So keep doing it. Don't give up. Keep going. Um, I'm happy to be a part of Breakfast is Hell history. And then one day, we definitely, whenever you land yourself in New York City, come check the, uh, me and Ashley out the studio. Definitely want to yeah. have you in. It, up. it would be great because we had Chris Bazemore. Um, oh, Bazemore. really? He's a comedian. Um, oh, he's a comedian. Yeah, hilarious. I'm gonna send you some of his work. Um, and please do. Yeah, yeah. And we had him on the pod, so like we talked about like the camp stuff, and so it'd definitely be good to have you up and you know reminisce and talk about all the new stuff we're up to. Yeah. Um, I would say check out Vonte NYC. Who was the uh, jeweler you had on? Oh, we have that was Chani Dang. Um, Chani Dang, aka Chance the Jeweler. She is a Brooklyn-based jeweler, and she has ads all over Facebook. You can check her uh, yeah. site. I think it's K Z. M like Mary T Co.com. I'll send you the link, Jacob, if you want to add it to the yeah. description at any point. But wow. she's definitely like, um, you know, I'm I'm slacking because I'm supposed to get some jewelry from her. So now that you mentioned, I gotta go buy it now. Damn. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just like if you need an episode to start off with the Vontae NYC podcast, that one, that one's my personal yeah, favorite yeah. Oh, yeah, so if far. Wanna, so. If you want to talk to my podcast, definitely check out the chance the jeweler episode. What did I name it? I named it Edibles and Gems. Yeah. So yeah, Edibles that's what it was named. Yeah. Yeah, Edibles and Gems is a great um, episode. And then from there on, you can definitely listen in. I say, if you're really going to tap into the podcast, start from the Frank McFly episode. Because before that, I did all the interviews remotely. It wasn't until that episode where I got to studio. And that's another thing, folks. Never give up, no matter your circumstances. Because I was doing remote interviews for about 16 to 17 interviews. It wasn't until 2019 I got into the studio to do my first interview. So, you know, just go for it whatever you have make it work yeah. because you never know <laughs>